Racing. It's green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico. And he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Yeah, podcast time once again. Looking forward to uh, this one. We've got Corey Smith about to join me. Uh, all things Meadows, Saturday night. It's a big week for the podcast as well. Obviously, we've uh, put out the episode for Sandown and Terrelgan as a bit of a dynamic duo. It's all in the one podcast. And then now we look to the Meadows on Saturday night for uh, a good night of Metro racing and to chat everything Meadows. My man Smithy, hello. G'day, Jim. Pleasure to be back with you again. The week has gone nice and fast. I think that's because I just keep landing punters, punning club oh. bets for fun. But uh, no, it's uh, it's good to be back with you and the loyal listeners will uh, hopefully find plenty more winners for this Saturday night. Hey, we had a little bit of a chat last week about, I guess, the, the bolstered confidence when you and another form expert, I'm going to call us, um, agree on something and even though last week I thought it looked a hard program on paper I think I ended up with seven or eight of the 12 winners and and to be honest I I never thought that was going to happen Um, even Master the Art I thought it was Master the Art wheel and goal racing too and as it turned out Master the Art won that but um, it's funny when when I think we've learned that when we both agree on something and great minds great minds great minds think alike gamble responsibly but they seem to get home. (laughs) <laughs> that's it that's it and we've uh we've been aligning quite a bit so far this year it's been a fresh start and we've been going nicely so hopefully we uh we align and now that i've said that we'll probably have 12 races where we all uh where we have varying opinions but anyway we'll uh find some winners anyway, hey, we sure. soldier on mate this uh this episode we're doing uh, remotely but uh some exciting news i'm not sure if we can release it yet but there's a big big chance uh smithy you and i will be in front of the camera recording the Green Light On podcast next week, which is pretty exciting stuff. I'm sure there's no one that's asked for our two heads for radio to go on uh, on, on a screen, but no, we will be ramping up the coverage for the Green Light On podcast, uh, a little bit of a special edition. We'll hold some uh, information under our hats, I think, but uh, it will be exciting next week. Yeah, it's almost locked in, so uh, that's about as far as we can go, but um, I just want to make sure, Smithy, you don't get overdressed, mate. I think it's just a, a shirt, like a real casual type of shirt. I don't, I don't want to see you rocking into the Green Light On podcast, you know, in a full tuxedo or something like that. Don't do that, Smithy. <laughs> <laughs> Tuxedo and top hat, you reckon? Oh, yeah, Royal uh, Ascot. Something like that. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's Royal Meadows, mate, not uh, not Royal Ascot. Run of the week. Alrighty, we had a little bit of a discussion about run of the week this week, didn't we, Smithy? Uh, I thought there was a few action girl last week. I thought was outstanding. Dragging in was just massive to to come from behind. And, and I know Vendetta Reef, as we spoke to the Dalbridge Kennel last week, was probably a little bit suspect stepping up to the 500. But I thought Dragging in was big. But you were pretty keen on El Dorado. I thought his run was absolutely enormous. Well. Uh... We'll talk about him a little bit later on as well. We'll see him on Saturday night stepping up to the 600, and I think he's absolutely crying out for that distance at the moment. I think Daryl Holmes has pulled the right rein and stepping him up to 600 after what was an absolutely enormous run in defeat last week. Set to run. Racing two. And away fast box number five. Nitro Bale goes hard. Racing two and away fast box number five. Nitro Bale goes hard to the inside to Lee. Going up on the outside, Dynamic Prince joins him and takes the front. So Dynamic Prince now leads into the back by two lengths. El Dorado. Three lengths away then. In third would have been Nitro Bale. Second, El Dorado's now third. Fourth in the race, Scott Floor. Then back on the inside, he's no slouch. Second last, Sarah's Ivan Zavon Bale last off the back. The leader, Dynamic Prince, leads by four lengths on Nitro Bale. Del Dorado around the outside, but Dynamic Prince is going well. And Dynamic Prince won it by a length. 
El Dorado flashes for second. Flashes for second. Big run there, Smithy. You're spot on. I like it too, El Dorado. I think it was just a, a run that sort of, you know, just announced himself back maybe at the top of the tree. Uh, El Dorado, Melbourne Cup finalist, a Phoenix contender. And uh, to refer to a Netflix uh, show, he was, he was back up in Schitt's Creek halfway through that race, wasn't he? <laughs> it certainly was, yeah. It was enormous, and it just goes to show that uh, the best runs aren't always winning runs, but it was certainly a flashing light run and uh, be interesting to see him step up at 600 this week. Are you a movie man or a documentary man when you get a chance just to sit back and, and have half an hour in front of the telly or just a racing man? Uh, probably more of a documentary man. Uh, documentary and TV shows, I have a short attention span, so movies uh, have to be mm. good to keep me sucked in for a couple of hours. What's a good doco that we can tune into, mate, when the racing quietens down after Saturday night? Uh, any of the 30 for 30 ESPN ones are pretty good. I know there's a, an Eddie Cow one, which uh, they just had the his, uh, his surfing event recently, and that's worth a watch. So that'll probably be uh, the first one that comes to mind. Saturday's preview. We roll on out of the preview. It's had a little bit of everything already this show, hasn't it? Uh, talking about uh, a little bit more than just racing. I like to do that on the podcast of late. Just sort of venture out and, yeah, well, I had Eddie McDonald on the other day, uh, Smithy, and, uh, mate, we always seem to talk about basketball, and I'm not sure if you're much of a... Uh, a hoop thrower, but um, I went back to the basketball court the other day, and I tell you what, I, I never realised how far the, the three-point line is away from the ring. The older you get, mate, the further that looks and feels. Yeah, no, I stay away from the basketball court these days. I didn't mind uh, playing a bit of basketball back in the day, but I think my custard arms probably wouldn't get the ball <laughs> uh, anywhere near the hoop from the three-point line these days. Custard arms, mate. That reminds me uh, what Ned said about his dog under arrest. He said he looks like a praying mantis. That's, uh, that's <laughs> what I reckon you'd be like on a uh, on a basketball court, mate, uh, the praying mantis from the Meadows. Uh, who wins the first, uh, Mr. Mantis? Uh, tough one here. Um, I'm I'm getting sucked into Lawnet Express again. Uh, we're just we're recording this on the Wednesday night, and uh, it's just gone around and gone poorly at the Wednesday provincial meeting. But drawn back down to the inside, it did go. I think it was about 25:02 or something on debut at Ballarat, which is just uh, rocketing along. So I'm going to get sucked in one last time, Lawnet Express. Yeah, how does it run 25:02 and then look so ordinary in the rest of its runs? Is is sort of a little bit beyond me. Uh, when I say ordinary, it's still won at Geelong in 26. Even, but that twenty five oh two runs at a twenty five sixty at Geelong at least. So, I don't know. I um, I'm not taken by Lawn at Express, but I think Box One's obviously going to be the the telling factor. But um, I'm going to go with uh, number three. I, I like the the two to put pressure on the red early, and I think Trending Zara could just get a nice run through behind them, and uh, might just be able to run them down, especially if Lawn at Express doesn't bring the uh, the best A game form to the Meadows. So. I'll go with the three. Race number two, 600-metre event over the that middle distance journey here, the corner start. Only a field of six. Uh, who wins this one? Schmidt Dog? Yeah, another tough one to uh, kick off the night. I've landed with Idyllic Sky, the four, but it's not a high-confidence one. I just think uh, she probably has the most upside from this field. Well, I, look, I've done a little bit of form on the race, and I come up with uh, the one and the two. I thought so special in Starburst Candy. Um, the one that the one that can obviously get to the front or at least sit right behind Idyllic Sky, I think, is the place to be. And um, I'm, I'm probably I'm really sitting on the fence here. They're both, I think, going to be decent prices, as you said, Smithy. We record this early on uh, on Wednesday, so there's a big chance uh, 
we won't see some odds for a couple of hours at least. Uh, I'm going to go with the two. I reckon Starburst Candy's got that 650-metre form, and as I say, I'm tossing up between the two and the one. I, I better hurry this up a little bit. I'm just, just sort of just, um, just sort of loitering along a little bit. I might get done for loitering, Smithy. Uh, race number three, mate. Give us something here. Dottie's uh, gift down in class, drawn the plum. Uh, seems to like the Meadows. Flew here over the 500 five starts ago. Drawn to win. Belvoirlin, I'm starting to think he's forgotten how to win because he had jackpot Joan cold last week and, and ended up getting beat by three quarters of a length. Yeah, I'm with Dottie's gift off the inside. I think you're right about Belvoirlin. He's uh, he's not going to suck me in again. I know I've tipped mm. him on here about 12 different times, but uh, staying away this time, so that generally means he probably is going to get the chocolates. But Dottie's gift from the inside ticks a lot of boxes. For me. Last five starts, Belvoirlin, three times beaten under a length is just a little bit concerning without a win. Uh, race four, 600-metre mix four and five. Uh, as you said, Eldorado steps up in trip. Elite Machine steps up in trip. This uh, greyhound that you're pretty keen on from WA, but... Look, it's, it's hard to go past El Dorado. The only thing I'm concerned about is we saw it a little bit with Zippy Tesla when he went 600. Potentially, they're not going to be as strong as they are over 500 when they get to 600, and therefore, if they don't land on the speed, they can be in trouble. But I think the class of El Dorado, he, he's, a, he's a much quicker beginner, I think, than when Zippy Tesla went to 600. So based on that, I'm with him. Um, he, he probably would have preferred to draw him one or two, especially first go 600, but I think he'll win. Yeah, I would have absolutely been uh, truckloading if you drew one or two in this race. Box seven for me is probably the issue on the bend start, whether he can get across and find the front. But I think he can. I think at his best, he's a probably a 5.12, 5.15 dog over the 500. And I think if he can kind of run nine or, or break nine early, he can uh, find the front in a race like this and uh, be too good for them. I think he, he's been crying out for the 600, which I touched on earlier. And I think this looks like a winnable race. Okay. Race five. Zambora Charlie for me here, number four. I just like the win at Horsham three starts ago, and I think this campaign's almost been his best campaign, so I think he'll be hard to beat, but does need luck from the draw. Yeah, this is uh, this is an intriguing race. There's obviously quite a few different form lines trying to weigh up. I'm, again, I'm when in doubt, just going for the cherry here, wartime novelty. So I'm not sure what price we're going to get, but uh, I'm hoping for a decent enough price. And and uh, win from the inside again. I sort of just realised I've been making a little bit of a mistake because lately, all of a sudden, I've been calling box one the plum. But the plums aren't really red, are they? They're sort of more of a, almost a maroni colour, aren't they, a plum? They are a bit, I think, yeah. I might Google it while we chat here, mate. What colour is a plum? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've just all of a sudden just started going with box one, the plum. Yeah, so it's a purple colour with a brownish-grey tinge. It's sort of it's sort of like, if you, if you type it in, it's like a burgundy maroon type of maroon, maroon, whatever you want to call it, uh, sort of colour. So I'm going to keep going with Plum, uh, box number one. Funnily enough, I, uh, I'm not tipping the one. I don't know why I, I took you down that path there, mate. Uh, but I'm with number two, Reinforcements. I've spent a few hours in the sun, so I might be a bit uh, heat-stroked, I think, at the moment. But uh, Reinforcements, I'm with here, number two. Your face might be going a uh, nice shade of plum there, but I'm with <laughs> yes. reinforcements as well. We've got the great minds, great oh. minds, great minds alike. And I think uh, drawn down near the inside, we're nice and strong. Uh, dropped back to the 525 last start and uh, went very nicely indeed. So happy to go with reinforcements. Race seven. Uh, I'm with great guy, but there's obviously that little risk just as to where he's going to get to from box number four. But if he, if he finds the rail in a close place, I think he can overhaul a few of these. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Um, without seeing the prices, I'm imagining he's not going to be any great spoils at the price. So I've lent towards the one Chapel Road once again. feel like I'm just going the box challenge with the uh, box one here tonight. But uh, 
Great guys, obviously a, a really, really impressive animal coming back from the Sale Cup, which was his last start, back down to the 525. Uh, there's enough question marks for me to look elsewhere, and Chapel Road, I think, will be getting a deep, Good better, not a decent price, but a better price. Yeah, okay, Chapel Road. So that's who you're going with, Chapel Road. Yes, that's the one. You dokes, the plum. Uh, race the plum. eight, <laughs> the plum. On with uh, Baby JC. It's a good race, though. Kelsey Bale in three, Kung Pao Kevin, who just got beat in a heat of the Terrelgan Cup. Uh, it's a good little race, especially with Baby JC and Kelsey Bale in box number three. But I just think the checks is going to get the fly. Um, whether or not um, the two can cross the one's probably a bit of a question mark. And when you go through Kung Pao Kevin's wins... The Meadows, December, 499, 495 early. They are smoking first section, so he'll be there for a long way. Yeah, and that's why I'm leaning towards Kelsey Bale. She's obviously an absolute uh, star on her day with her winning the Group 3 Silver Bullet a couple of months ago. It was just absolutely electric. She loves the Meadows. Seven starts for five wins and a couple of placings. I think one and two will be taking each other on early and just get the suck run in behind. And if uh, if the if the doors open at the right time, I think Kelsey Bale will be storming home and winning. To be honest, I forgot how good Kelsey Bale is at the Meadows. Um, she hasn't been there for some time. I thought she's been a bit plain in Queensland, but obviously out of her own environment, she's back home now. So, yeah, I, I might jump ship and go with Kelsey Bale. The more I look at that and the more I, I listen to what you're saying there with the one and two going hammer and tong, I, I think that is a big, big possibility of happening and, and Kelsey Bale is going to get the right run potentially behind the speed. Race number nine, uh, two to three win race. Tricky. Tricky would be the way I'd put this one. Yeah, this is tricky. It's uh, almost a sit-on-the-fence job that uh, you, you can't do, that. do on a yeah. weekly basis, but I won't do be doing that. that because that means that I can't uh, tease you about when you do it. So I'm leaning towards a three unacceptable Jan with no real confidence. Probably shouldn't be teasing anyway, mate. Uh, not in the modern-day world anyway. Uh, <laughs> on with uh, Soda Mac, the stayer, drawn box number two. I don't know. don't know why. Just think maybe, maybe he can cross the red and, and take a little bit of catching. But like you say, it's a hard race. Race number 10, green light on podcast, 5.25 the journey here. Again, a little bit of a tricky race, this one. I'm probably leaning to projector. I'm hoping that the speed in the race does come from the outside of the track. Rothwell Rose has been showing good early speed, and that's the concern for me because uh, she will, I think, lean up the track. But I think the pace comes from four, five, and uh, sorry, four, six, and seven. There's no pace in five. It's scratched. It's a vacant draw. Um, and I'm just hoping projector can cart across to third and run them down. Yeah, I'm looking at it the same way, projector uh, on top, but it's not because it's a nice draw, because it's not a nice draw whatsoever, but I'm just backing in him being the best dog in the race. Uh, Rothwell Rose, as you said, is probably the leader. Um, so they're probably the two that I'll be playing, depending on the prices. Probably doesn't get any easier to race number 11. I think the Red's going to lead, and the Czechs is going to get a nice run, Crackerjack King. So the two Cooper runners, I think, hold the keys in the early part of the race, and Crackerjack King, I think, will be too good. His best form, uh, I think, is better than these. Yeah, it's, as you said, it's another tough one. There's been plenty of tough races on this card, but uh, just leaning towards the eight, Chappie's big boy, as his name suggests, he, he's uh, he's a nice big boy. And take, out, drawn out wide, I think he can take a little bit of time to wind up and uh, get into his business late. Yeah, I actually think Cracker Jack King's nearly probably is my best bet of the night. It's, uh, again, a bit of a, a low confidence meet. And the last mate, have you got one for us in the lucky last at 10.32 on Saturday night? Uh, leaning towards the six and seven, but don't love their draws. Maybe the seven on top from the six for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of thinking along the same lines, mate. I think Perfect Willow, the six, will lead and, and maybe drag the seven across. That's what I'm hoping cold that night was uh, was good when placed, narrowly beat at Geelong last time. So I'll go with the seven as well, getting that leader's back run through the first corner. Yeah.
Hunters Hunting Club. All right, Smithy, a man who is in great form. Um, he's just going bang, bang, bang. I don't think since we brought in the Punters Punting Club, you've gone three weeks in succession with a win on the Punters Punting Club. So take it away, mate. I, I don't want to bring you down, but uh, I'm just sort of trying to you know, explain to our lovely listeners this momentous occasion that could be taking place on the podcast this week. Well, we, we might need a uh, race caller, if you know any, to, to go a champion becomes a legend next yeah. week when I go three from three. But uh, I'm just going to – well, there was a while there where I was kind of going your way of thinking and going each way and all those sorts of things. I'm back to my way and I'm going $50 on the nose, race six, number two, reinforcement. So I was really impressed by uh, her run stepping back to the 500. And I think if she can find the front, which I can see her doing, uh, she will be winning. I feel like you've just tried to blame me for having such a crappy run last year by saying the way I, I made you bet. I, I didn't do anything, Smithy. I just sort of thought you maybe should bet a little bit cautiously because you're no good. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that, that could be the case. But uh, I'm hoping that you, after dishing out this lip, are actually going to give us a selection for the punning, punners pun, punning club this week because uh, I'm not copying any of the rubbish that you did last week where you, you didn't actually put anything on. I'll be honest, mate. I was tempted to do the same. But, um, <laughs> no, nah, look, I, I will go with Cracker Jack King, who I rated as the best bet of the program. But again, not crazy confidence, but I just think if the red can kick through and Cracker Jack King can be up to second early, I think it, uh, it'll it be hard to beat. Uh, good run behind Alicar at the Meadows as well from an awkward draw two starts ago in a stronger race. So I'll have 25 each way. Cracker Jack King, you made a call just a moment ago about champion becomes a legend. I thought just as you said that, what are some of the great one-liners that you've heard from race callers over the years as I let you go, Smithy? Oh, don't put me under pressure like that. I've already thrown one out there. But, uh, well, the, probably the most prominent call that I think of in my head whenever I think about race calls, and it's not, unfortunately not in our code, but it's the uh, Kingston Town can't win. Yeah. I think that's probably the one that really sticks in my mind, um, even though it was well before I was born. But it's just so iconic that it just uh, gets rolled out for me. It is funny, though, because it's such a bold statement that ends up being wrong, but it sort of just describes that race and that, result so well if you know what I mean like even though he said it can't win it was probably in a position that it couldn't win and therefore as a caller you, you go with what you believe at the time so the call even though it was the wrong thing and, and a lot of people will look back and say well he said it can't win when when it has won but it sort of is the right call because realistically the horse was probably in a position that it couldn't win yeah exactly right and um that's it's probably a big faux pas in uh, in race calling that you you say those sorts of things but uh when it when it does occur like that and it comes off and it's egg on your face it does become uh, iconic and as you said it was the perfect call for the perfect moment no doubt smithy there's been some uh, some great calls but mate whoever called the phoenix this year i think did a stellar job have a listen to this this one liner here mate down the back Pearl the leader, the two queens of Greyhound Racing. <laughs> she's a pearl, one length to wow, she's fast, and then Tyanna Bell. The two queens of Greyhound Racing. I thought he absolutely nailed it, that bloke. But I will say, Smithy, <laughs> on a serious note, mate, calling that the scariest race that I've ever called by such a long way. It's not funny. The noise, the atmosphere of that Phoenix night was out of this world as I let you run, mate. Have a have a good week. Uh, it's been great having a bit of a muck about again. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you can go three in a row on the Punters Punning Club and uh, might even get you some kind of trophy made as a reward. Oh, don't worry. I'll, uh, I'll be organising a trophy for myself if I go three in a row on the Punters Punning Club. But just on your Phoenix call, I reckon that bloke might have a bit of a bright future. Yeah, hopefully, mate. He's a bit of a lazy bugger right here. But uh, see what happens. Good on you, Smithy. Thanks, mate. I'll chat to you next week. Thanks, mate. Inside Info.
Let's get the inside info now on a couple of runners at the Meadows Saturday night. And uh, Gav Burke, a bit of a family member of the podcast, he's been on once before, he's good enough to uh, to jump on once again. Gav, how are you, mate? Big day today with the Terrellkin Cup. I'm good, James. Yourself? I'm well, mate. I'm well. Uh, you must be pretty excited, mate. You work down there at the club at Terrellkin, and we're recording this Thursday morning before what is going to be a big day for you, no doubt. Yeah, big day for us and the club and all the, all the uh, finalists and, um, yeah, should be a good Australian day and uh, hopefully they'll all enjoy themselves and um, and uh, gives the, all the dogs a chance in all the races, but more importantly, the, the main one. Speaking about the main one, uh, you had Kung Pao Kevin go around in a heat of the Terrellgan Cup. Uh, so, so close last week, finishing second to Vance Bale, but we'll, we'll have a look at him in, in detail now. Race 8, number one at the Meadows, Saturday night. I feel like you've just got this dog in the right zone at the moment, and we saw that with those two wins at the Meadows where he went 4.99 and 4.95 early. When you record those sections, you're going to be just about competitive anywhere. Yeah, you are, James. Look, a lot of people sort of said to me after a couple of them, um, you know, he's never done anything like that. But in actual fact, he'd been doing that all along in trials, but he hadn't yet put it into racing. And you always sit and wonder whether they're actually going to Transform, transform their you know their trial times into the races. And after he had the uh, the injury, he had the four months off, and um, from start to finish, and uh, it's been um, the making of him. Really, he's come back better than ever. And um, yeah, he's starting to put those sectionals into his races, which he's been doing in his trials for the last got twelve months. I tell you what, Gav. A lot of a lot of people that I speak to, they say, look. The dog went out for two, three, four months, come back and just come back a different dog. It, it's probably something I think a lot of trainers maybe don't use even just as a, as a, I guess, as a tool because in the gallops, you quite often see they'll, they'll have their preparation and then they'll go to the paddock and have a break for, for two to three months where obviously because the Greyhound Racing's career is a lot smaller, they generally only race for a few years, it seems like they race more frequently and just maybe, just maybe there are some dogs out there that could do with a little freshen up, a little a little spell. And, and look, if they have got any little niggles, I guess, over the, the couple of months that they have off, they come back cherry ripe and, and rearing to go. Yeah, well, with him too, James, we got him after uh, he fought when Kate Gorman had him. And um, I said to the boys then that um, it may be a holiday that he needs, uh, you know, among, you know, a different change, sometimes a change in environment like all of us, you know, you go on holidays and it seems to help, so uh, that's what we sort of work with and done and um, I did uh, did a lot of work with him swimming and that and made sure everything we did was completely the opposite to what he would have done prior, mm. uh, but yeah, no doubt that the time off has certainly turned his head around and and been a benefit rather than a than a negative for the dog. What did you What did you make of the field uh, Saturday night? Decent field, baby JC to Kelsey Bell, who seems to grow a leg at the Meadows. But I thought her form in Queensland was just, and I think the rest of the field are going to find it hard from out there. So, a you'd be happy with box number one, but b what do you what do you make of the two big guns, the two big girls on your outside as well? Yeah, well, obviously James, they've they've got the score on the board as far as times. I think if one of those sat on us. Um, they'd probably be a bit stronger. Like, he's gone out and run a PB of 29.80, um, and then I think the time he got beat, he went like 83. So um, you're going to say sort of that's around him, the 20, 29.75s to 80s. And, you know, when, when they can go out and run 50s, they've got a bit on you. But from our, from our point of view, 
we just hope we can get out and, and set the pace. And as you know, in that first bend from out there, it is hard for dogs to get across that aren't real quick out. So, uh, yeah, we'll be out in front, hopefully. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a great believer if you're out in front and running along and you get beat, well, you're just clearly not good enough on the night. Well, mate, I'm calling that run four starts ago on the midweek meadows. You went 4.95, 29.84 on a Wednesday afternoon. I'm calling that a win because that wins, I reckon, 364 out of 365 races at the meadows on a Wednesday when you run those types of sections. Yeah, well, at the time, James, I, I, I thought the dog was a bit disappointing given the break he got down the back. And then, obviously, when you walk back, you look up at the splits. Mm. And, um, you know, to go 95, and then I think he went 50, 17, 54 through the middle, um, he just had nothing nothing left in the tank. Um, so, you know, when you look at that, and uh, Clarkie's dog had the sit on him, and, and, and all credit, you know, all credit to... His dog, it, it had to had to run us down, and I was hoping he'd do enough. But that aside, he he's, he's taken about two or three weeks to get past that run. It sort of um, was a bit of a gut buster for him, and he come out a bit lackluster at Warrigal, and you know theoretically it probably cost him being right in the finish. Uh, where last week is sort of the first time he's jumped out pretty good and um, uh, got the talk, and him pretty much knocked each other down from start mm. to finish, giving each other a bump, one, one, to get on, one wanting to get on, so which set it up for um, Gibbons' dog to nail us at the end. So I think he's sort of back to where he was prior to that. He did sort of, that run when he run that those two quick splits did just seem to take a lot out of him. But yeah, I agree with you. If you, if you went out and run 29.80 odd at the Meadows, it, you'd win more often than not. 100%, mate, especially off 495 early. What about Rapido Storm? I've, I've called this dog a fair few times. He can be a little bit silly. He does sometimes make the the wrong uh, mistake or the wrong move, I guess you could say. But one thing with him, he's marked $11 in the form guide. He's drawn the cherry. Um, and you look at the dogs he's been racing with, Cybertruck, Black Sail, Projector in three of his last four. So even though it's a city race, he may even be coming down a little bit in class, although he's up against Projector again. But he could be a little bit of a smoky for a big run off the off the red. Yeah, well, he's a dead set inside dog, James. He, um, he He's sort of one of those dogs that, He'll, especially at somewhere like Tarogan where you've got that long back straight, he'll go forward initially, and if he can't see a spot on the fence, he'll actually go backwards till he sees one, then go down and go forward. So, um, you know, he's drawn where he needs to. Uh, I, I don't think the race is any stronger than his sand down, sand down run, um, and obviously Projector won, won that race. So, yeah, we're just hoping for a bit of luck into that first turn, and as I said, he, he, he needs to draw inside the dog no matter where he is, so that's uh, definitely a big plus for him. Just going back through his stats, uh, he's only had the red a couple of times. He actually ran second at Cannington back on the 4th of uh, May 2022 off box number one, and I noticed, Gav, you've had him for probably, I'd say, close to 20 starts now, and uh, never have you drawn the red, so it must have been a bit of a sigh of relief when uh, when the fields came out this week. Yeah, it was, James. I mean, as anyone will tell you, box box draws can, um, especially, you know, younger dogs that are starting, they can absolutely wreck them, draw them bad boxes and lose their confidence. Um, where we brought him for a couple of boys at the golf club have been wanting to get involved and they didn't have a lot of money. So I said, we'll have to go chasing a 500-metre dog. Um, and this particular uh, Gucci come up over there and rang the guy and um, I said, well, this, you know, for the money you've got, Alan, uh, they only paid five grand for him. Um, so we got him over there having a lot of fun because none of them have ever had a dog before. So, um, yeah, they get a bit of kick out of it. And that's, 
that's sort of what we're aimed at. To, you know, hopefully enjoy, have them enjoy the the uh, the time as well. But uh, yeah, look, the dog's been going all right, James. He's no he's no superstar, but when he gets in his right grade and and draws down near the fence, he's certainly a a much better chance than he is. You know, out wide. Well, I tell you what, mate. If he wins on Saturday night, the boys will be happy from the golf club because the race is worth fifty nine hundred, which is nine hundred more than they paid for him. So good luck with that. Which of the two do you rate as the best? I feel there's a sneaky little push for Rapido Storm to run a big race, but obviously uh, Kung Pao Kevin's clearly the faster of the two. Yeah, look, I, I think if you're if you're having a bad year, I'd, I'd probably go with Kung Pao because he he does like the circuit. Um, we have incidentally trialed him over. 600 there, and that's what surprised me when he uh, when he stopped initially before seeing the splits. Like he's he's had one trial there, and he went 34 38. Wow. So he can certainly run 600. But um, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely have to say him purely because he's drawn the inside, and you know he's he's probably more reliable at getting to the front early. And in saying that, he's probably got better dogs against him. But yeah, he, he'd be my pick out of the two, um, for sure. Good on you, Gav. Good luck tonight, mate, with working down there at Terrelgan and a big night Saturday night with the two off the plum as well. Good luck, mate. Thanks, James. Enjoy the day, mate. Bye. And that's all for episode number 105. Don't forget the uh, the word is out. There might be a big episode coming early next week. So stay tuned for that, punters. Big thanks to GRV for making it all happen. The Green Light on Premier Racing Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Until next time, punters. You know the drill, safe travelling and happy punting.